There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technology. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com. Listen anytime, wherever you get your podcasts. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 1717 700. Happy anniversary, you Celtic fans. It's a year to the day. Ange Postacoglu was appointed as manager. And what a year. Title, League Cup and a passport into the Champions League group stages. Peter Grant, what about year two? What's he What's he going to do in year two? <laughs> well, that's the most important thing. When you're successful, you have to go and do it again. And unfortunately, or fortunately, that's what you have to do when you're a top boss. And proving that this year, he was excellent. Now it's going to be interesting to see the signs he brings in to freshen everything up because I think you always had that's the, the challenge always is to freshen up what you've already started to push the players that's already there and obviously excite the fans when you sign us. And uh, he has not uh, stopped since he got there and he doesn't plan to stop anytime soon. He's got big plans to drive Celtic further on. We'll speak about Ange Postacoglu and we'll hear from him in the course of the next hour. We're five to six at the moment. Uh, we will revert to our usual two hours uh, in the week that the league season returns. Uh, whenever that is, it's probably not far away, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. And the League Cup is even closer. That's July. So uh, we're not long without football. And we're going to have plenty transfer stories in the next few weeks as well. All quiet so far, uh, but it won't stay that way. We know that uh, from recent history with Celtic and Rangers, going to be plenty going on. Plenty going on for Scotland, who want to make it two wins out of two in the Nations League. Three games in a week. Um, it's Dublin tomorrow, five o'clock kickoff, uh, Ireland against Scotland, and then Tuesday night in Yerevan, Armenia. Uh, against Scotland the return game um, on the back of uh, that 2-0 win for Scotland on Wednesday so Stevie Clark and his team hoping that it's going to be 9 points out of 9 because it's so important Peter isn't it that you get off to a good start and you get a bit of momentum going well, it's absolutely massive and after the result you know against Ukraine everybody's in a bit of a downer and I was at the game the other night and as you said that the fans were a bit quiet mm. a fantastic turnout don't get me wrong yeah, because I think absolutely yeah. and the weather was horrendous as well you know and they were excellent the supporters the amount that turns up but as I say it's always important after the games I think you go and try and get victories as quick as you can I'm sure Steve's thinking that as well and that's why the squad thing's important but for me, it's more important to get victories in this period to just build up a wee bit of momentum again after the mm. disappointment, you know. And it's, it's tough games coming up, you know. There's no getting away from that. People will look at the Republic of Ireland, their new manager, you know, Stephen Kenny, who's probably 20-odd games now, but he's playing a different style to what they've done under Big Mick, who was a teammate, obviously, mine and a roommate of mine. And it was slightly different, a lot more experience in that group that Mick had. That's changed now. And that, that's interesting, the way they tried to play the game. So... It'll be a tough game in Dublin and then you've got to go to Armenia again, you know. I wasn't overly impressed, I must admit, with them the other no. evening there, you know. So, But it's always difficult to go and travel away from home in any international football and I think it's always... 
you have to yeah again start right you have to be positive and it's how Stevie works with the group you know who, who does he leave out guys that's played a long hard season but for me you've always got to think well this is Scotland I've got to pick the team that's best for me because the bottom line is if we don't win games you see what happened last week against Ukraine the criticism comes with that and you don't want to be into a break with, on the back of criticism you know you want to be on the back of a break with victories and hopefully that's what they can do over the next few games Yeah and I think it's a different complexion isn't it as it, as what it would have been had we been heading for a World Cup and everybody was flying at that point these games suddenly take on even more importance and of course the Nations League last time around uh, was, was the start of the road to Euro 2020 for us Well Rob I know how difficult it was I was at the start of the Nations yeah. League the last time with Big Alex you know we were going to Israel we knew her a right good side and people didn't probably give them the respect because of the name of Israel I mean it was a tough tough game you know and we were always sort of on the back foot really and then obviously they had a disaster in Kazakhstan obviously mm-hmm. but then you've got San Marino how important that became and then obviously we lost a job after that you know so because we know how important that is football and we tried to go a slightly different way we were playing top teams like Portugal and whatever and friendly matches we went to Mexico and Peru which was great games fantastic and it's great that a lot of these boys have stayed in the squad they get their opportunities in these games and then they get a, a chance to stay in it and now they're seeing the fruits of it but it's fantastic to be involved in any competition you know with international football people say it's easier now to qualify it's never easy please blame me it's never easy wherever you're going to go and, and I, I, I'm slightly old school in the respect of the calendar I don't like when they have the two day, the two games in the break. I preferred it when it, they used to turn up on the Sunday, play the game on the Wednesday, and then they were back to their clubs. I know that's near impossible. That's mm. impossible now to do it that way. But for me, that was better because the players were more focused, you know, in the respect of that. Because you're turning up and you're there for 10 days. I said to you, turn up on a Sunday. And we were only getting the first training session that I said last week to the Wednesday. You know, and uh, Stevie's going through the same problems with that. So it's mm. how he manages this squad going into these two games again. Because I know there's probably people who'd like to rest. And that'd be easier if you're in a World Cup. Mm. Because you can say, well, we're looking at other players. Yeah. Now that's not the case because people say, well, we need to qualify for the Euros. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, that's a di- different type of pressure again. Yeah, I mean, three games in a week was going to be tough anyway. But especially off the back of uh, what happened against Ukraine. Just the... the the letdown that everybody felt on on the back of that, and then you have to build yourself up. But the other night, I mean, it was two 0 but it was it was going on four or five. I mean, in terms of you know, if you'd actually picked a scoreline to reflect the game and how the game went, I mean, Scotland absolutely dominated it against a team. You know, they they looked poor on the night, but they'd beaten Ireland the no, game ex- before. Exactly, you know. But you listen to the talking about the Ireland game, you know, and that that's what I'm saying. They say they probably one shot and goal Armenia and scored, mm. you know, and. I, I, the biggest problem Stevie's got now is he's got a big squad of players I know some guys have been out of it he'd have been hoping to utilise that he'd have loved to have been able to get the Ukraine win that go mm. to Wales win that then you can do what you want yeah. the fans will forgive you for anything it doesn't yes. matter the Euros then you know then you can utilise your squad get to see the players and it's easier for the manager it's slightly different now you know because if you don't play what perceived as a strong team you make a lot of changes and you lose the matches then as I say you have a negative vibe for the next few months and that's the last thing we want because they've done remarkable you know Stevie's done a remarkable job there and long may that continue um, it's just unfortunate as I say the disappointment came at the, the big hurdle that we felt we'd all got over and then as I said it'd be easier to utilise this squad this time now it'll be interesting I mean I'm looking at the team for the other evening there mm-hmm. you know and I'm thinking there's not many changes I would make no, you know, there's not uh-huh. many changes I would make it. That looking, I think, well, what you're looking at, would you put start Stewart instead of Shea Adams? Even though Shea, I think does really well for the team. Okay, he's not mm. scored the goals. That he, 
he should probably be a couple of chances he's had even though the one that was offside the other night that he missed mm-hmm. uh, but he offers him something slightly different and I think the team could play a little bit quicker into his feet or beyond so he can run quicker we sometimes make a square pass and w- would he swap him for Stewart maybe but after that I'm thinking Andy Robertson's been out or sorry played a lot of games would you put Greg Taylor in there you know on the left hand side mm. But after that, there's not many you no. want to change because I thought I'd like to see the back three together again. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see them because I think they use the ball better than the boys that, that usually play there. Apart from Kieran Tierney, obviously, but I'm talking about the ones that's available. I thought Big McKenna done really mm. well, and they're but, all quite quick, Peter, as well in terms of recovery. Absolutely, and they use the ball. They're comfortable mm. all in possession. Yeah. Jack plays in Belgium, plays a lot of a football with a, a football inside out there. You know, it was great to see John Sewer doing so well. You know, as well. So they were a young group that we'd brought into the mm. squad at the same time. And we always felt like going to international, and as I said, I said a couple of weeks ago, I think it's so so important that you're able to handle the ball at that level yeah. and able to pass forward. And when the midfield's available, can you make that pass? And you could see Steve getting frustrated at times. Sometimes that, as soon as we got it, we didn't give it out wide because the space was there, and we went back across at times. But that's part of the learning uh, process when you're not playing all the time because you want to make sure you're doing the right things all the time. But I'd like to see them together tomorrow again as a yeah. back three to see how, how well they could do maybe with a step up in standard. Yeah, uh, you're going to sketch out your team. I, I've sketched out my team as well. I think it, what, what I think I'd like to see maybe um, uh, tomorrow. And, and I went through that same sort of process. I was thinking... Um, is he going to is he going to f- refresh and change things at the back? And actually, I didn't really see any great reason to to change the back three. And you, you were talking about Andy Robertson. Do you give him a little rest? Do you give Ross Stewart a game up front? My worry with those sort of changes, Peter, would be that you're almost introducing an element of um, this is going to be a comfortable. This is not a this is not a big game because you're not playing your 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 first choice yeah. eleven. But we've got to win this. But I look at it and I look at Ross Stewart. Most of the Irish boys he's playing against, he scored against them. Mm-hmm. You know they've played mm-hmm. against them True. down in England. You know, so he's used to playing that. He's used to playing under the pressure of the Sunderland the expectation of the fans at Sunderland, and he's done exceptionally well. I mean, I thought maybe to get more minutes the other evening because the game was so comfortable. Mm-hmm. But I could understand why Stevie kept Shea on because he's probably thinking there's going to be an opportunity to get that goal that mm-hmm. everybody's desperate for him to get. You know, because he's work ethic and that for the team's terrific. Now strikers always want to get goals, so I'm a great believer in keeping the strikers on the pitch as and well. And also, and also, he was looking for the third goal just to remove any doubt. About uh, absolutely, Armenia absolutely. Absolutely, but I think it was more of the fact that he wants him to score. And as I say myself, as a coach, I was a great believer in keeping your strikers on the pitch because you'll somebody say the strikers no scored in six games, but then you look at it, he's been ten off after sixty minutes, or you've left him out and you've not started him, and he plays the last fifteen to twenty minutes. But all of a sudden, it becomes five, six, seven games, and especially now because they read this. Uh, on social media and whatever they do now oh he's not scored in 10 games but if you take the 10 games he's probably played three full matches if you put mm. all, the, all the minutes together yeah. and I think that's important for a striker so he's probably I think he left Shea on more for that reason and that's why I'm thinking it wouldn't because of his performances I would leave him out I just know that Ross Stewart would be able to handle playing Republic of Ireland because mm. he's played against these guys yeah. down south that's a good point you know and that's one that I would probably look at Tony Rawson I think I know they're talking about uh, Patterson getting an opportunity but I think Tony Rawson deserves another opportunity mm-hmm. to start in the he position he was fantastic yeah but he does great he's done fantastic listen I tried to get him at Aloha a couple of years ago and they were talking oh, they, were, they were already re- ready to sell him I think it was to Hearts they'd already agreed a contract with right. Hearts I think at the time um, because he'd been alone at Dundee United mm-hmm. and, and St Johnston St Johnston and all that yeah. you know so I tried to get him because he wasn't playing any football mm-hmm. and great credit to the kid he's come back and he's battled hard we had him in under 20s when we went to Toulon tournament I always liked him you know he played with a, a bit 
bit of verve about him. You know, he liked to get forward and you use the ball well. You could always question a young player defensively, you know, so he's got better at that. And that's why the wing back with the extra, def- I don't mean the extra defender, because I think people talk about the back three. I think the back three is great because it allows you to get more people forward. People mm-hmm. look at that negative. Mm-hmm. I think it's not because it can allow one of your centre-backs to step in with the ball, yeah. but also pushes your two full-backs further up the pitch as well anyway. Because the old-school way was, if one full-back went forward, the two centre-half stayed another full-back tucked in, so there was always a back three anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I think we get caught up in that at times, um, but I think he deserves another opportunity. Andy Robertson's had a lot of games, obviously, and Greg's done exceptionally well, played, a long, played in the Champions team predominantly, week in week out this mm-hmm. year you know and I know it's slightly different position but we know Greg can play there and he's probably delivered he's very good as well so he's further up the pitch so that's probably one but that would be more of a rest on that side mm-hmm. um, and what's important game coming up Armenia game I don't know maybe Andy plays this one and misses Armenia game because of the travel whatever mm-hmm. because of the amount of games he's had but Ross Stewart up front I'd probably bring McTominay into the middle of the pitch instead of Stuart Armstrong because I think he deserves an opportunity to play in his position. Yep. And I would like to see that for him. You know what I mean? Because he's very, very rarely let us down. He's moved in different position for us. But let's go and see you play in there. You know, you go against opposition. He's very mobile. Gets about the pitch. Probably should be better on the ball, you know. Um, but he's still decent enough. But I'd play McGregor on his own. I'd play McGinn and McTominay. It's because they like to play with that energy and go and run and support and allow them to give him that freedom and just play with a one-sitter. For me, it would be McGregor, you know, because mm-hmm. he could pick the passes. So you've got your wing-backs to have. Stevie still goes with that selection. You've got your strikers, plus you've got your two midfield players who've got the energy to go and support that uh, lone striker. Uh, with Christy Joffs just off again, whoever the striker may be. You were talking about uh, Che Adams being kept on to see if he could add to his, his goals tally. Uh, John McGinn was certainly keen to add to his 12 international goals uh, so far Wednesday night. Aye, I was getting a bit of stick for all the, the shots I was having towards the end of the game. I'm keen to, to add to uh, my tally. And the other night I probably should have scored again, so I want to keep helping the team by scoring goals. And I'm sure if you ask Shea, Ryan, Stuart, Jacob Ross, all the forward players will be keen to do so as well. Yeah, they sure were. Um, and he was so unlucky, wasn't he, to, to not get his 13th goal. What a save it was from the, the Armenian goalkeeper touching that shot onto the crossbar. He's got unbelievable power in his legs, obviously. And that's why I say to you, John's better facing the game forward because when he sees it, I mean, a couple of great passes as well. And that, he's better at doing that. McGregor's better at receiving off the back line. And that's why I would give John that little bit of freedom to do that. You know, I'm not saying as a number 10 when you split them the one at the right hand side of Callum and one at the left hand side that allows him that freedom so when he opens out and I'd play him on the right hand side of it because when he opens in he's on his left foot so he's still got the full goal he's got the switch of play onto the wing back which he can hit because he he's got great power and he's also got the eye for the goal so if he's in an area you know he can strike the ball exceptionally well you know and he's got great delivery and it was good to see the other night they're taking in swing at corners mm. in the respect to that yeah. because you see that quite a lot with John taking in swing and free kicks down south quite a lot so why we've done quite a lot of out swingers in the game against and I know, especially when, especially when we found out what the goalkeeper yeah, was like. Exactly, and I always think anyway, because if you're attacking the ball, I always ask defenders what do they not like defending? Mm. They don't like the ball coming in on top of them. You know, they they think it's difficult. And yet again, as attacking the ball, if it's going out the way, you've got to put the power on the, the ball really. And it, we were always told with in-swingers were always a lot more d- difficult to defend. And I just found it bizarre in that particular game we tried to do the same thing, but especially when we needed the goal anyway. And I, I don't mind mixing it right foot, right left foot, no problem. But I think we just went constantly. I mean, that, especially with somebody like John McGinn with that delivery, you know, and I mean, he puts it right under the bar mm-hmm. and he doesn't a constant with Aston Villa for wide free kicks and that as well. So 
that, that was a surprise but he has got great power he'll be disappointed with the chance he made with 30 minutes against Ukraine mm. 30 minutes to go yeah. because that would have been interesting even though Ukraine were on top for most of the game but that would have been still very interesting if it gives you half an hour of that opportunity but nobody can argue his goal scoring exploits with the national team that's for sure yeah, that could have made a difference that he, had he scored that one and he couldn't quite believe it himself either. Uh, first chance today for Stevie Clark to uh, deal with a question um, about the retirement from international football of David Marshall. It was a little bit. Uh, it was a little bit of surprise, uh, certainly the timing in, in the middle of the camp. But listen, I had a good chat with David. He's, his mind was made up. Shook hands. I thanked him for everything that he'd done for the national team and wished him well for his, the rest of his club career. Yeah, he definitely deserves uh, a pat on the back for what he's done, um, particularly that penalty shootout saving Belgrade, for which he'll never be forgotten. Um, but the timing was a little bit surprising, wasn't it, in the midst of the camp? Yeah, he's a terrific goalkeeper. I mean, I signed David for Norwich when I attained the manager's job right. at Norwich. I signed yeah, yeah. David, you know. Yeah. He's a, I attained him on loan for uh, six months. He got injured, believe it or not, when he played Chelsea. And then I signed him that summer mm-hmm. after uh, fully. So uh, he's been terrific for me, you know, I'm a, a, an outstanding goalkeeper. I think in mid-camp what he's probably seen is right, okay, we're out. If I'm not going to play, when am I going to play? Is, is Craig going to play every single game? And it is, that is one position, isn't it? You think to yourself, well, the manager, you don't want to chop and change all the time. I'm a great believer in having that consistency, your goalkeeper. I know it's unfair another other goalkeepers, mm-hmm. but Craig Gordon's been outstanding, so has David. And as you said, there was a piece of paper between McGregor prior to that. It was fantastic, you know, as well. So as a real difficult position, it's not as if you can say I'll put him at the right hand side or I'll put him at the left hand mm. side. But he was a terrific goalkeeper. He'll always be remembered for the save as you remember and his reactions mm. after Aye. it. And he's a, he's a fantastic professional. You know, he's done it exceptionally well. The, the, probably the slight thing that was surprised me a little bit is because he's back up here. He's just moved back to Hibs. Yeah. You know. So unless you're looking at that, maybe there's going to be maybe a coaching job as well as the football side. You know, that's mm-hmm. maybe some of these things mm-hmm. he said, well, that's maybe going to be a more longer term for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be longer being a coach than I'm going to be actually being a player. So maybe he's taking something like that. And I mean, I'm not uh, aware of that, but that's probably something that could happen there because obviously Lee Johnson's in there. Whether he's got a goalkeeping coach here, I'm not so sure. But mm-hmm. signing some days like at David's age, apart from his abilities, but obviously it'd be very, very difficult for a, a goalkeeping coach to come in with any much uh, experiences he's got. Mm-hmm. He's got fantastic experience down south uh, and he hasn't played in big, big games. So it'd be great if all the young goalkeepers were learning off him as well. So, But the, the surprise was the fact he'd moved back to Edinburgh and obviously then decided to mm. quit. But I think it'll just be the fact, lack of games, travelling all these 10 days, going away in camps all the time with no chance of playing at this moment in time. Maybe he's thought, well, enough's enough and maybe... They, I may as well go out in a high, which he, he sh- surely does, that's for sure. He's got a big season coming up as the Hibs goalkeeper. We'll talk more Scotland later on. We'll get Peter's uh, selection, his 11 for tomorrow at 5 in Dublin. We're just looking in the studio at pictures at the moment of the Scotland under-21s. Uh, they're about midway through the first half uh, in Denmark. They got that goal of straw with Belgium, of course, uh, last time out. But, uh, well... These could be described as dead rubbers, if that's a phrase that you can use at all, because uh, Scotland's qualification chances went uh, long ago, but it's a, certainly a game in which they can uh, try to rebuild uh, their reputation. So nil-nil in that one. More Scotland chat to come. And uh, after the break, we'll be talking Ange Postecoglou, who's celebrating his first anniversary as the Celtic manager. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motor manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Let's go! 
Cheers, Chris. Thanks for the Friday traffic and travel update. Good to have you with us on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, Rob McLean and Peter Grant in the studio. And we're talking football for another half hour or so. Uh, we're talking Scotland, of course. We have done already. A bit more to come on uh, on that game tomorrow. Five o'clock it is in Dublin. Tough one. I would imagine any team going to Dublin to play a game can expect a tough match. Obviously, the last two games have gone against them, but only by one goal. Previous to that, a really good eight-game run where they went unbeaten. And within that eight-game run was Portugal and Belgium, so we expect a tough game. I'm not going to say happy anniversary again. Yes, I probably am, actually. <laughs> Ange Postacoglu, a year in charge. A Celtic 10th of June 2021 when he was appointed. He didn't quite turn up at that stage uh, because of things COVID. His arrival was a little bit later. But what uh, an impact he made. Uh, could we ever have seen that title triumph coming? Uh, a League Cup as well. 32 Premiership games unbeaten between September and May. And that's a record that uh, he'll be looking to extend when the new season starts as well um, what uh, an introduction uh, what a job he has done in 12 months in charge I've been really fortunate I've had a lot of success but this was definitely the hardest sort of challenge I've ever had and the hardest year I've ever had you, you, you know there's just a sense of relief that it's done I probably did an interview with Luke after the game and I couldn't really put it into words exactly what was the strongest emotion. There was a million emotions. What was the overriding one? I didn't know. It was just like a mixture of everything. And I think looking back now and the way we finished off in the last game, I think there's a part of me that just sort of said, no, I don't want this to be the full stop. This year was about building the first foundation of a team that I hope will be competing and successful in the, in the, in the Premiership for the next few years. And my role is to make us better next year. We need to be better. It's the same in the Champions League. You know, our role is to get there and make an impact. 15 signings he made in the last 12 months. Peter, not too many bad ones. Absolutely, you know, and you've got to tip your hat to him, but it's interesting what he says there, you know, the enjoyment from it. I don't think he'd have got much enjoyment as a Celtic manager. I don't think that comes down. And you get it for about 10 minutes. Especially not early on. No, but even, even Robbie, you can see that even when he won the league and it was clarified that everything was done, it was emotional about it, it was relief, you know, because that's your champions for four weeks. Mm. And I've said that many times. That's <laughs> that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. The manager's phone never stops. You're straight on to get new players. He's been probably doing that during since Christmas anyway, looking at it for, for by trying to make the team successful this season, which he's done exceptionally well. There's a lot of questions asked at the start, of course. You know, football people would know who he was, you know, his name. But Celtic is a different beast to the clubs they'd been with and the expectation mm. and what the fans want and what the fans expect. And that never goes away. So now what he's done this year buys you a little bit of time, but the expectation will be there. The disappointment will be if you don't win things, you know. People will be expecting the treble now. Fans will be wanting the treble. And that's that's the way mm. it is, you know. And top bosses, that's what they want. They want to live and thrive under that pressure. And that's why I think he's done exceptionally well. The, the, the media, guys like yourself and that, asking the questions, the tough questions, I think he's asked answered them really really well with respect I think that's always important you know mm-hmm. he knows what's getting asked he can make a laugh and a joke about himself he can hit you back between the eyes yeah. you know, with a one liner and I think that experience is certainly in good stead that but he's been in the world never mean anything he's world of man you know, he knows the expectation at Celtic he knows the big builders now yes I, I agree 100% with him Europe now has to be you have to start knocking on the door and getting big performances against teams you're expected to beat you know I think when people mention Bodo Glimp and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, games like that, you have to say, well, we've got to be equal, if not better name. 
you know, and I don't mean that disrespectful to them in any shape or form. When you're playing a Juventus and Milan's not financially, they're in a different stratosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the other ones we have to have better performances, and I don't mean just last year. I mean in the last few years that's been. Um, a wee bit like that they've got bits of hammering against teams you wouldn't expect and I know because I was involved in that as well you know even as a player you used to play against teams you'd never heard of and you get a bit of doing and then you come back to Celtic Park and you'd be fighting to get back and you'd, you'd print, probably win the game at Celtic Park mm. but that they've got to get away from that you've got to be saying we've got to be challenging to go through to the next round now we've been in it long enough now now we have to make sure that we start progressing getting through that and then that takes him to another level as a manager you know it takes his players to another level when you're playing in the big one-off competitions you know when it becomes a one-off when you get out of the section whatever they become massive then mm. they become world stars and then it gives you that finance to go and get stars which you can afford because there is still really, really good players out there. I've said to you before, going between here and England, you're talking about, I don't know, was it 100 million you get over 120 million mm. or something for finishing bottom? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that tells you, what is it up here, 2 million? Mm. Quite incredible. Yeah. Yeah. If, I, if I think when the when the, the playoff final uh, was happening, when Scott McKenna and Nottingham Forest got promoted, I'm pretty sure that the figure they're talking about was about 170, 180 oh, million. I was, I was that, at that, Fulham, Rob. Yeah. I was at Fulham, I got yeah. promoted. It was 180 million you yeah. get. Yeah. You know, for getting promoted. Yeah. But I'm talking about the team that's bottom mm. off the uh-huh. premiership. Yeah. You know, we're getting yeah. 120. And then you get money for buy for the places you're in. Mm. And people don't understand that. I, I keep saying it. You go to the conference league, and you've got guys on five and six thousand pounds a week in the conference. Mm-hmm. You know, be saying, well, there's players down there. Yes, there is. But listen, you're talking about Celtic and Rangers could afford them. The rest of the teams here, no chance. No. No chance. You know, but not all the players are there. And that's the same when it comes to the next level when you're talking about players coming to play with Celtic Rangers. Mm-hmm. You're trying to sign, sell them as this, the, the history. That's what you're saying. Celtic's trying to come and see the stadium, come and see the training ground, come and see the history. Everybody knows who Celtic is. But the bottom line is, these guys are not steeped in that history or that tradition or that wasn't their dream to play there. Mm-hmm. You've still got to give them the money. And if the money's not right for them, they won't come. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's very, very difficult. That So that's why the scouting becomes massive you know where you get the players from because there'll not be names that we all know because the ones that we all know we're not going to get no. I used to go think no I was sneaking to the middle of Germany two flights into a place looking at this boy that no, I think nobody's heard of. and I'm sitting next to Ajax scout, Bayern Munich scout da 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 yeah. da da so yeah. they'll really that's know the competition them. absolutely you yeah. and you know you're, if there's any there's any quality at all you're going to struggle to be in that yeah. that market with them so what's realistic for Celtic to expect do you think this coming season in the Champions League what what can they what can they do having having won that place in the group stages I think the way the manager gets a team to play and It'll be interesting to see what he brings in to raise that again. But I think the energy they play with, I think they've, they, I think tactically, I think on Bodo would probably, if I was the manager, I would be looking back at that and taking a look at that and saying, well, how did it go? How did we lose that? And what the teams were doing, saying, well, Celtic like to play inverted fullbacks. You're coming inside the pitch. As soon as they change over possession, get it down the side of the centre-backs. But Bodo kept the two wide players right out there. Mm. So all of a sudden, you were chasing towards your own goals and how many times with 3v2s and whatever. So I'd be very, very much aware of that and I'm, I'm sure the manager's more clever than I am and he'll have seen all these things. But they're the sort of things that you have to get better at in Europe because they notice the detail is so, so important now. You know, everybody can see every game you play. Very, We used to go and watch all the games and it's still a massive part and I still think you can't beat your own eyes watching a game of football but then you go back and you're analysing everything now you've got the full screen it's not just 
the forwards you can see on the ball when it's on the television you've got the mm. full screens they can sit there they can tell one guy's an inch out of position it's like American football actually you know because you mm. all think oh because now when you watch American football they say oh, his foot moved about two inches but that's why I wouldn't sign him two inches mm. but that's what they're doing in the football now yeah. people are seeing that if you're weak at the back if your centre-backs come too far over the halfway line put the space in behind them so you've got to have lightning quick centre-backs to get you out of trouble at times and that's why Van Dyke's been such big player for Liverpool because mm-hmm. he's so quick yeah. so if Andy Robertson's caught up the pitch or Alexander you've still got that electrifying pace mm-hmm. so you have to make sure that balance is there but the Celtic squad is good enough to put a push on in the the, 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 the first phase I'm hoping what they add to it can push them on a little bit more and get out that first phase what, do, what do they need to add to it? I mean, the hope will be, and the indications seem to be that Carter Vickers and Jota will be permanent arrivals at Celtic. But but that's two players that you've already had. Yep. So so what, what, still, what else do they I need? I still think defensively. I still think we have to be better. Mm-hmm. You know, I genuinely do, whether that's a centre-back. I think goalkeeper Joe's experience has been fantastic. But Starfield and Vickers, that's your two centre-backs. I don't mm-hmm. know what's happening with Julian. You've got young Brian Welsh after that. You know, Stephen, Stephen Welsh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Young Stephen Welsh after that. Sounds like Julian's going, doesn't it? Well, it sounds, so I'm yeah. thinking you'd need somebody there. And for me, I've always said that you know, I watched the top teams before. What they used to do was bring in players you least expected. You think, well, why are we bringing in the centre half? He's actually better than the one we've got. Mm-hmm. But it, then that's when people say, oh, we're making a stand here. You know, we're showing people that mean business here. We're not just bringing in anybody in to make up a squad. We're bringing in people that, one, it excites the fans, but more importantly, see when you go on the training pitch and you've got top quality players on the training pitch, it lifts everybody else. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing that Andrew will be looking at more than else because these boys are willing to high, they've had a fantastic season, they've been champions, they know they've got to go and do that again because that's what people always say, that's mm. what the best champions do. But they know they're back to work now. A couple of weeks are back to work. Some of them are not even finished yet, but they're back to work now and they have to put all that together. But for me to go to the group stage would be phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. But that that's always difficult. You always hope you get a good draw. Yeah. And you're hoping that the, the new signings come in the way they did last season. And as you say, it's very, very difficult to pick one that didn't work. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's just great to be in those Champions League group stages and also it just pushes things on a little bit. You don't have, you're not scurrying around uh, thinking about playing two, a couple of rounds of qualifiers, which of course is the problem Rangers have got, uh, having failed to win the, the Europa League, which would have got them in the group stages of the Champions League uh, as well. More from Ange Postecoglou here, and he's speaking about that big, pivotal moment in the season, uh, the night Celtic took Rangers to pieces at Celtic Park if we got beaten that night and you know and Rangers had outplayed us you go and the gap's four points or whatever it was we've got to play them twice and we've still got to convince people that we're capable of knocking them off but the manner of everything that happened that night I just thought okay well now my job is to make sure that we stay on course you know don't get because again it works both ways yeah if, if things aren't going well there's a lot of heat if things aren't going well they are going well then there's all this euphoria that again can potentially change your approach so it was then okay we need even more narrow-minded focus forget we're first forget we've beaten them let's keep moving on from here and being the best team we can be it was a massive night wasn't it it was it was a massive turning point peter phenomenal because i go back and you say the big chance our field i think was as it was a ball that slipped through an important time but celtic was so dominant in the first half you know we talk about making the right choices as a coach i felt is it diallo mm. i thought it was really really difficult for him i thought rangers would went with more experience in that particular game away from home yep. i didn't think that was, and they sort of stayed off the game and then celtic just ate them up 
you know, that first half was phenomenal, you know, phenomenal performance all round, could have been more, you know, second half quieting down a little bit, but it, it set a marker, you know, there is absolutely no doubt of that, and the manager would feel that in himself, you know, but we know what it's like here, you know, you've, you've got to take on the next game. I know he's saying the Rangers was pivotal, I watched their performances against the so-called lesser sides, and I thought their work ethic, I thought mm. their drive, their determination to win games, go to Dundee United late on, 94 minutes, was yeah. it, at Celtic Park? Dingwall, 30, uh, uh, 97, 97 minutes, minutes, wasn't it? I think they were pivotal. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. But there were massive moments. Yeah. Because I go back to when people talk about the double winning year, we could have been out the cup to Stranraer. <laughs> There's mm. no, absolutely mm-hmm. no doubt of that. Mm-hmm. We could have, all of a sudden, we, I think we scored against a, a game late on, it was like 94th penalty kick. And people still talk about that team, the double one year, because it's the centenary year, mm. you know. And they are the moments, whereas you forget all the things that went negative, so you forget about the, the way they started the season, you know. And I think the manager would look at that game, yeah, it was a turning point, not just for the Celtic Rangers game, but I think the way the players had that belief going into games, I mean, when sixes and sevens, they were starting to win games, you know, home and never stopped. And that's his famous saying. But that was the way the team were. They mm. were believing that saying because you were still scoring late on. They were still closing and pressuring the ball down. You know, there was a lot of first for them. There was a lot of players playing exceptionally well. And you could just see it no matter what you changed, it worked. And I think that's, you've always got to hope that's going to happen again. To get through, without too many injuries, we thought Kyogo was going to be massive. But it gave Jack Giacomacchus an opportunity to get fit while he was playing. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden he came in fit. And I thought he'd done exceptionally well. And he ends up joint top premiership absolutely, scorer. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Mieda as well, you know, I thought it was phenomenal. I thought he was a catalyst for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, not not technically, I don't mean that, but he went and closed and chased and harried. You, for 90-odd minutes, he was still running. And I think that was sparking everybody else. And I think then when the players were coming on as substitutes, they were coming on and lifting it. It wasn't dropping mm, down. Yep. And that was always going to be a concern. Rogic, I know he's away now, played a lot more 90 minutes. And you've got to give the manager great credit for that because all his career, I can't remember him. I used to think at 60 minutes, you're taking off, like somebody can open the door for you. Mm. I used to, as a supporter sitting there, I used to be driving myself nuts because I'm thinking, <laughs> no matter what he's done in the game, he can always produce a moment, yeah. but he's already sitting in the sidelines. And I, I thought that was massive part of it, his management. And the way he managed to uh, manage Tom... You know, you obviously get that psychological thing in his head that, hey, you can play him 90 minutes and more and you can play a game on a Saturday and a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about next season we're all probably forgetting a little bit about is the World Cup. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a stop-start place in here. Yeah. Letting people reset, players going away and all this. Mm-hmm. You know, how many games are going to be played? Is it going to be Tuesdays, Thursdays, Mondays, whatever? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. try to get fixtures in. Yeah. So there's a lot of things going into next season that they have to prepare for and that's when the, the squad becomes even more yeah. important and what we've found of course in the last few seasons as well is that the, the winter break I mean it's it's a, a break for the World Cup this time but a winter break can actually make a massive difference in how the title plays out well they used to say in World Cups that the British teams like if Scotland went to World Cup or England went to World Cup they always used to say they looked burnt out as soon as they went further on in the tournament mm. because they'd played the season right through where the Germans not always looked really strong because <laughs> they had a break. Yeah. You know, I don't know yeah. if there was any fact in that but mm. it, it probably would have been mm-hmm. because you think they're probably, they split the season, they used to get two months near enough or, or months definitely off, they used to get off in that period. And they would do a pre-season again, they were restarting again. Okay, their season would finish probably a couple of weeks later but that was what they'd done, they always used to get reset but it's going to be very, very interesting how this World Cup's going to win what the impact they having more games on yeah. prior to it and after it midweek mm-hmm. games uh, the players that's going away to the World Cup 
what do the other ones do? They, they go to training camps, but you've not got all your players there. Yeah. You try to put things in their mind, how yeah. you want to play and how you want to take on the next part of the season. It's a season so, like no other, really, a- isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a lot of that going on as well for buying all the signings you've got to make. Mm-hmm. And we talk about the last few years with COVID. It was a big problem and people within the game know what players have had to go through. It's been really, really tough for players and coaches and managers. I mean, you were used to picking your team up I was sitting there writing my team down Thursday, Union Monday, what I was roughly going to play. But then 12 o'clock on a Saturday, I was changing it for three players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> COVID, because that's when they had the, the, the results had to be in for. Then you got one battle, three players are out. Thanks very much. Yeah. Now you're going back to a different one. Now it's not the COVID, it's the World Cup coming yeah. up. How are we going to balance this with European games, everything like that? But the more games at different schedule which is going to be interesting with the guys travelling all over the world again prior to it exactly it's going to be very interesting no pressure and you've had a great first year (laughs) and now you have to top it in year two Uh, but Rangers are going to come back at Celtic no doubt about that the title having been removed from their grasp uh, they will be battling for it next season and of course it's the um, it's the title winners and the League Cup winners uh, against the Scottish Cup winners and the team that reached a, a European final. Uh, it's going to be some title race next season. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Let's go! Well, what a goal that was, Peter. Scotland under-21s uh, have gone ahead against Denmark. In Denmark, uh, right on half-time, free kick, about 25 yards out. And it was Stephen Kelly of Rangers uh, clipping the crossbar on its way in, Peter. An absolute belter. Oh, fantastic. Great skill. Good young footballer. I've been very impressed with him. I tried to get him in last summer at Dunfermline. He's a good technical player. He's got a wee bit about him as well, you know. He doesn't look the strongest, doesn't look the biggest, but he's good on the ball. He always wants the ball but fantastic technique there if, if it was a foreign guy doing it we'd all be raving about him you know what I mean so great credit to him let's tip our hat to him it was a Brazilian free kick from a Scotsman <laughs> it was indeed uh, he was on loan at Ross County wasn't he Stephen Kelly um, what his future is at Rangers well it's going to be tough isn't it for him to try and get in the team but what a talent what a goal um, and let's hope that is a foretaste of what we're going to see from the team in dark blue uh, tomorrow afternoon it's a five o'clock kickoff in Dublin Scotland uh, play Ireland an, Ireland, an Irish team who've uh, lost their first two in the Nations League. Great opportunity for Scotland uh, to follow up that 2-0 win Wednesday night against Armenia. Uh, a couple of changes in the squad. I've lost a couple. Uh, I mentioned way back at the start about wedding dates and whatever. So Xander Clark and, and Liam Cooper have, have both left the squad to go away and get married and we wish them well. I've called up Robbie McCrory who, who's come in as a, another goalkeeper for us. So good for Robbie. Yeah, Robbie McCrory of Rangers. Um, I saw some photographs of him in, on holiday in Greece. I think it was having a lovely time, but that's all been interrupted uh, because when you get the call, uh, you've got to come back. And he has done his part of that squad, just one of the backup keepers. Uh, and Stevie Clark talking about just the, the lack of opportunities really to give some of these uh, backup keepers like Xander Clark, who's getting married. Uh, congratulations to him. Liam Kelly's in the squad, but... Uh, it's difficult getting them in when you desperately want to be winning games and you've got uh, the goal stopper that is Craig Gordon around. You have to look. It's, it's difficult to just cap a player now. There's not too many friendlies around at the right time. And if we have to do it, then I've got every confidence I've had to put in Xander or Liam or, or Robbie that 
they would certainly do the job. But Craig Gordon has been absolutely magnificent for us, and and you just hope he continues because we were we were speaking. I think it was Stephen Craig and I earlier in the week, Peter. We were speaking about the big gap there is between Craig Gordon, the level he's operating at, and the rest. I think that's why Stevie will be a bit concerned with the David Marshall. I mean, John McLaughlin. I was surprised he wasn't in the group. Maybe there's mm. a reason why that because. Ten John to Mexico and Peru and done very well and he's done yeah. well at Sunderland and I know he's not had a lot of games at Rangers but he's never let them down any of the matches he's played you know so when you talk about McGregor Gordon Marshall you're thinking that's a fair old three mm. there they select from and as you say I'm not and that's no disrespect to the rest of the boys because you're talking about all the experience that these guys have got in big yeah. games you know is massive and it's such a pivotal position you know and that's why I, I agree with Stevie in that respect I don't think it's a position that can be chopped and changed and I, I'm very much like that I think Craig Gordon's got to start in all the games if mm-hmm. he's available John McGinn, uh, we heard from him earlier on. Uh, he uh, has been at the media conference today alongside Stevie Clark and just talking um, about what is ahead of Scotland tomorrow. It's an exciting game. I was quite jealous not to be involved in a few years ago um, when Scotland went over there. So it'll be a tough game. I know Ireland aren't in great form, but there's, there's players in the dressing room we're all uh, aware of. We play against them week in, week out. So their form will turn. Uh, they'll have a point to prove and, and Saturday when, when we go to the Aviva they'll be physical um, but more than capable of getting a result so we want to be at our best um, start the game the same way we did the other night and hopefully come away with the three points Will it have a derby feel to it? It might do um, I was at the, the game at Celtic Park between Scotland and Ireland and it certainly had a sort of derby feeling to it uh, I'm not sure about the one in, at the Aviva but it certainly will because the players know each other inside out they know it what we are capable of we know what they are capable of so uh, it's a game we'll both want to win um, Derby I'm not sure but it certainly had the feel in the last team Scotland um, will have to be at their best uh, they, they can't afford to turn up thinking about Stephen Kenny's record of 5 wins in 24 the fact that Ireland haven't won any of their 12 Nations League games uh, the fact they've lost their first two of, of this campaign, Scotland have to go in with the right sort of attitude and if they do Peter uh, would you be pretty confident about another Scotland win tomorrow? Yes I would be but it'll be a difficult game because I like the way Stephen Kenny tries to get the team to play, you know he's changed I mean as I say no disrespect to Big Mick was a a teammate and a very good close friend to me, a lot more experience round about the group Mm. you know and they knew how to win or they knew how to battle and uh, fight and scratch Stephen's probably the new type of coach trying to get them to play and they'll make errors and they have done they've given a lot of silly goals away you know we're trying to overplay at times uh, but I th- he seems to have the belief you know of the board of Ireland mm-hmm. that this is the way they want to go forward to try and nurture and you'll be surprised the amount of Irish boys you don't realise are Irish <laughs> who are playing for them mm-hmm. you know when they're yeah. playing down in England you think oh I didn't realise he was Irish and you'll see that tomorrow you know so mm-hmm. there are no mugs you know they'll no. make it tough enough you know and, is it, and John's right because they play against each other week in week out and that's why I'm saying about the Ross Stewart scenario he's playing against guys it's not as if you're taking a chance Ross has went down there and done exceptionally mm-hmm. well you know for Sunderland under a lot of pressure for their supporters but he's played in games scored goals so maybe it is an opportunity to look at him in that position 
But also it's maybe interesting that John's doing the press today. Maybe is that telling you that Andy Robertson maybe not be starting? Nah, possibly, uh, possibly. Uh, Ireland without Matt Doherty, uh, Seamus Coleman uh, is ruled out, and it was expected that John Egan of Sheffield United would be the captain, but apparently he's injured as well. So they are they are missing key players. Um, they probably don't have uh, their problems uh, to seek. What we're going to do in the last few minutes of the show is uh, pick our team. Uh, your t- well, I'm much more interested in your team since you know much more. Uh, about football than I do well, I'm Peter. not so sure about that <laughs> so Craig Gordon and goals we're, we're in no doubt about that this is a it is a, a must win game and that probably does mean that change will be kept to the minimum so are you going with the same back three of Suter, Hendry and McKenna? Yes right. I would go with that because I think moving forward obviously Kieran Tierney it's very difficult for Scott because Kieran Tierney's been outstanding playing mm. the left hand side but I really like Scott McKenna I think he deserves the opportunity mm. um, I think he's been outstanding he uh, got forward at times as well didn't he which were, you know I mean he, to me he's a defender but but he actually you know I he, remember we used to be criticising him and uh, I was always I was I mean we played him in under 21s against Holland uh, and he wasn't even in the team I remember Scott Scott Gemmel to be fair and we went and watched him in a, a pitch game Mm-hmm. I know he'd been out in loan a couple of times and we thought oh, we liked him we tain him in and he was outstanding and it was playing against De Jong and all these guys mm-hmm. and he was outstanding we beat Holland 2-0 I think it was and then on the Saturday went back up and Derek actually played him in the first team and so we were delighted for him his career's kicked on I'm chuffed for him I think he gets unfair criticism he's a natural left he's strong he likes to defend well he was outstanding in the playoff game so he deserves another opportunity especially with Kieran Tierney not being available a question mark would be would Andy Robertson start again mm-hmm. um, if, if he's fit to start I would start with him again obviously I would go with Rawlson again so the back five not, not, pa- not Patterson no no, because I think you've got to be fair to Tony Rawlson you know mm-hmm. what I mean he's come in there it's an opportunity now just coming in play one game and then be left back out because mm-hmm. you want to give somebody else a game I don't think Scotland should be before that No, I think it should be a challenge if I'm in place and I, I take the, the opportunity if somebody's injured or whatever then it's up for you to get back the jersey back off me. Mm-hmm. That's what I would prefer it right. to be because I think that makes the team better. So Ralston deserves that opportunity to start again. That's for me 100%. Does the fact that there are three games in a week make a difference though? You know, Do you think, well, did you say to Tony Ralston, right, you're going to play Tuesday night but I'm going to leave you out and I'm going to play Nathan Patterson in this yeah, one? Yeah, but it's very, very difficult, Rob. I think if we're in a World Cup and then you want to see players playing. Mm-hmm. I just think for me, I'd be wanting to go again. If, how did Tony Rawson feel the other night? There feels a 10 foot tall, <laughs> yeah, scoring yeah. a goal, first game. Yeah. You know, you're thinking to yourself, I want to keep that momentum. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think at the end of the day, that's what you've got to do. And I, I know it's a difficulty having the squad and people say about freshening it up. And, and that, that's not because of the Celtic Rangers scenario whatsoever in any shape or form. Rawson no. deserves the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, he's got it. Now he should keep it. Now it's yeah. up to him to try and make that position his own if Steve's going to go with that. And um, okay. that's it. Up. Right, running out of time. So the rest of your team. So you've got you've got Ralston and Robertson as wing backs. What about your other five? Well, I would go with McGregor on his own, mm-hmm. sitting on his own, and yep. I'd play McTominay and McGinn in front of him, mm-hmm. uh, just at the side of him, just and Christie. I'll either be Stuart or Adams that would be mine because I'd put Christie just in behind because it allows your wing backs to get forward it gets you extra bodies but McTominay and McGinn both can get forward in the box both of them have got great energy John likes to get a shot at the goal it allows him to do that and Callum for me is the best playmaker in the full squad I'd just allow him and I think you can get away with playing with one 
as in that holding one, especially when you've got three, you get the central backs who are quick behind you. You can get away with that. You know, and McGregor likes to link it and it gives them the passing options, but it gives us more forward yeah. players, people getting forward. That's an hour that's gone pretty sharpish, isn't it? Absolutely. Has. Thanks, Peter. <laughs> Pleasure. Good Rob. to see you. Uh, Scotland under 21s, 1 0 up at half time against Denmark. Fantastic goal from Stephen Kelly. Good luck to the senior side tomorrow in Dublin. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Motability offers from nil advance payment. Visit There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained tech and specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow.